But everybody, you know, you, you might have known by now that my two kids, they are, um, they're big into sports. They're big into soccer, especially. And they play soccer and they practice uh, often during the week. And it's funny because yesterday at practice, um, while they were there, if I could get a little bit more on this, I don't know if I need in the monitors or whatever. But while, while, while we were at soccer yesterday, I, a, a thought came to me as I was preparing this message. You know, whenever you go to sports, um, they, they teach them so many things. And the funny thing is when somebody starts playing a sport, they ultimately, um, they got to learn so many fundamentals. And so when they started training in soccer, the, the coach would first start to teach them how to kick, the different ways to position your feet to move the ball. Then he would, next time they would come in, he'd have cones out and put them to run through and and this is similar in basketball and in football. And they do so many things. And then, you know, finally, when they are working with a the team, they put them in these triangle offenses and teach them how to kick and pass and all of that. And, and all of this is to get to one ultimate goal. All of these skills is so that they could do one thing. They can work all these skills together to hopefully get the ball to go inside the net. Everything they do on a basketball court is to hopefully get the ball to go inside. Everything they do in football is to hopefully get the ball to go into the end zone. Everything you do in a sport is to accomplish a goal. And I was thinking to myself yesterday, imagine learning all of these skills and there's no net on the field. What is the point of skills without goals what is the point of having potential what is the point of knowing so much what is the point of of just so being talented what is the point of being gifted what is the point of all that you have ever learned is learning and will learn if there are no goals if there's no end zone an athlete would be the most frustrated person and so today, I want to title this message, and I believe it will bless your heart, Eyes on the Prize. Eyes on the Prize. And today, I want to talk about setting goals. Setting goals. Can we pray? Father, I just thank you for every person in this room, and I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would move like only you can in this house. And that, Lord Jesus, today, before we leave this place, we would be transformed by your mighty power, drawn closer to you, and our lives would be challenged and changed. We don't want to leave the same we came. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Everything in life has to have a goal. It has to have a purpose to the thing. Something that does not have a purpose is an empty thing. God created every person in this room with a purpose. God has a purpose for you. And God has a purpose for you. Did, did y'all get that right? That's a double right there. So he has a bigger plan for why he created humanity. And in humanity, he has individuals that has you are filled with potential and personal purposes of how you play in this bigger scheme of things. You were not born to be purposeless. 
You weren't born to not do something with your life. You were born for the, the fact that you were born. You're not just born. You're born for. Come on, somebody. Think about that for a second. You're not just you're not just a, 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 a thought and, a you know, the American government to them, you're a social security number and taxes. You are more than taxation to God. You are more than than a social security number. You're not just someone in the crowd. How many of you know that someone in the crowd can become something purposeful once it's connected to true divine purpose? It was 5,000 people one day when Jesus was speaking. And yet the Bible spoke of a little boy. He wasn't just anybody. He was a boy with a purpose. And that's a strange story to me because Jesus asked them, what do you have? What is it that you have in a crowd of 5,000 people? There had to be more in the crowd. But for some reason, this boy made it to the front. How many of you know that with your life, there are moments that your life, God has specific times that he is going to cause all things to make sense in your life of why you even went through what you went through. And a lot of us, we need to keep our eyes on the prize. Today, what I want to talk to you about is how you can begin to set goals with, for yourself and change your life. Now, you might say, Pastor, that sounds like just some positive business thinking. I want you to know that purpose is true for every area of your life. When you get married, if you don't have a purpose for marriage, if the goal was to be married, you're done. You got married. You did it. You spent a lot of money. Good job. You impressed us. You elevated out of the floor. Wow. That can't be the goal. If you're if you and, and so marriage has a purpose. Single people, listen to me. Marriage has a purpose. I know in your mind you're like, I know, I know exactly the purpose. I want to get married. <laughs> y'all look why y'all opening your eyes big at me? I didn't say anything. Whatever you thinking on you. <laughs> when you get married, it goes beyond the things that you might think. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, married people, help them out. Amen. Now that you're married and you don't know why, come on, help them out. <laughs> when you wake up every day and you turn over and you say, why? <laughs> come on, help them out. Everything has a purpose. Your money has a purpose. The skills God has given you has a purpose. You know, the most bugged out thing that people, you know, let me help you out. One of the number one questions I get asked as a pastor is, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I look at them and I'm like, I don't know what to do with mine. How am I supposed to tell you? You know, what people are asking, they say, how do you know? This is how they ask it. How do you know what God's will is for your life? The question is, uh, you sound intelligent. The question, the question is very problematic in the philosophy sphere of theology. 
It's problematic. I'm going to tell you why it's problematic. Because, because the question is not asking truly what God's will is for my life. It's asking, what am I supposed to do with my life? It's asking more so much, what is my purpose and how could I be certain of it? The problem is this, is that the Bible doesn't say, and Vince, you shall be a hater. I mean, uh, I can't help it. The, the Bible doesn't come out. Forgive me, Vince. I love you. The Bible doesn't come out and say, and Vince, you shall be a doctor. And Savannah, you shall be a lawyer. And Range, you shall be a, a, a what you want to be, Range? An artist. An artist. And, and Range is like, I, what I am, an artist. The Bible does not come out and say that, and so they're asking that. But there are no scriptures that come out and say, thou shall do this with your life. That does not mean God doesn't have something to say about your purpose. And so, so, so we hear things like, God has a plan for you. God has promises for you. God has things that he, he's spoken to you. And so sometimes if you're not careful, those can be like, what is mine? I have learned after all these years that God's purpose works just like God. There's sovereignty and there's free will. God in sovereignty says, I'm going to tell you what my will is for you. And when he tells you what, is this too much? This, this good? I'm in the vein. I don't want to be in nobody's vein. Like, I like to be on the stage. Amen. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. So, so, so there's God's sovereign will for you and things that he has spoken clearly in his word. And then there's our personal choices that we make with our life. Right. We often want God to, like, don't deal with this, deal with this. Right, right, right. Tell me personally, what, am I supposed to love my wife today or divorce her? <laughs> the problem is he's already spoken to you about that. Right. I hate divorce. Right. So you don't got to ask. God, should I marry the person I'm dating? Uh, you shouldn't be sleeping with them at least. So a lot of us, he has spoken the how to live and how he requires you to govern yourself. And in governing yourself according to his word, his promises are that if you obey me, whatever your hands find to do, free will, whatever you work that out in your head, and I would work that out in my head like this, I would look at what I'm gifted and good at. It's funny to me how somebody could play basketball and dunk and do 360s and they come to you and they say, yo, what should I do with my life? Clearly, you should be coaching, working in PE or, or playing basketball or something. You should be doing something around the sport because you love it. You talk about it. We can't get good. And then, they, and then you come to them, what you want? I think God is calling me to be a singer. When you hear him sing, you like, bro. I just feel like 
You ever seen somebody who's just gifted in something like you are super phenomenal? Like, like, like it's second nature to them to do something and then you come to them and say, what you want to do? I think I should fix cars. And you're like, you know why y'all ain't saying amen there? Because a lot of us are working in areas that you know you got no business being in right now. You're like, how did I end up? You go to work every, you sit on that train, you wake up at exact stop. Like, how did I end up doing this? We end up doing that because our eyes, if it's not on the prize, and y'all going to learn this today, you're going to see this. So, so, so let me get back. What, you don't have to complicate what God wants to do with my life. God is more concerned with how you do what you do with your life. God can bless anything. How many of you know God can bless anything? Like anything. I've seen God bless people in areas that they weren't even really good at, but because they did it right. I've seen people become success just because of consistency and applying God's. This we celebrated how many years of marriage? She didn't even remember. Amen. It was the night before we were talking to somebody, and I said they asked how long y'all been married or something. I said tomorrow we'll make it, and she said tomorrow's the anniversary. I said yes, yes, I remember. So I just want the whole church to know I remember me. Come on, man, make some noise. That is the weakest support ever, bro. You don't stay married this long without applying principles that work in marriage. Marriage don't run on love. I, I said the other day, love is spelt W-O-R-K. <laughs> Love is spelled C-O-M-mitment. I can't spell it. I know it's like two M in there, a T in there or something. I ain't got time for all that. I, you know you start spelling something, you like halfway, like after the second letter, you like, I ain't going to be able to finish this. I don't know how to spell all of that. Love is spelled apology. Love is spelled I'm sorry. Come on, turn to neighbor and tell him you're sorry. What for? Just don't worry about it. Just say sorry. You're going to do something. Some of you should put that in the wedding. You should just wake up in the morning and be like, I'll share it. I just, come. I just want to apologize. What? You ain't doing nothing. I know, but it's coming. Hallelujah. I'm just, so when it happens, forgive me in advance. Here's the point. Everything has a purpose. And like an athlete on a field learning certain skills... Imagine these kids, man. I, this, these kids have been training for the last two years, and all these guys got them. To, it's like, y'all remember Karate Kid? When Mr. Miyagi was on some wax on. Come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. Wax off. I know y'all got the new Karate Kid. What's his name? Jaden. He was learning what? He was doing something else, something with the shirt. Same concept. Take the shirt off, take it off. And he got mad, Jaden said, he said to Jackie Chan, he said, man, you got me doing this every day, take the shirt off. 
until he was put into the actual fight and he realized that you're going to only win if you develop these skills. But imagine the problem with why the Jaden and the, the karate kid was feeling the way they feeling. Sometimes I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm not really preaching about this. The problem with why they were frustrated when they were learning the skills, because the skill is the opposite too. If I don't see the purpose of the skill, I feel the skill is frustrating me. Do you know how many of us are frustrated for one reason? We know but we don't see the fruit of what we know. Some of you know so much, you should have been millionaires by now. But you are still using the Bible as an excuse on some, I'm a spiritual millionaire. You're broke. Some, some, of, you, some of you could tell me, y'all listen to Dave Ramsey. Y'all could, could break down all his points. And you're still broke. You listen to who else? Who else y'all listen to? Him too. And all these folks. And yet, you the poor dad. Come on, somebody. Here's my first point. If you have skills without goals, you might be skillfully lost. He's a talented, nothing to show for talent. He's the most talented non-player. And in life that can happen to you. You can be somebody with a lot of skills, but you're lost because your skills have no goals to them. Here's point number two. A goal says I have a direction of where I want to go. Y'all remember Abraham in the Bible? God came to Abraham and promised him that you will be a nation, that your, your, your generations will be like the stars in the sky. And through you, I'm going to uh, uh, bring a promise that all the world will be blessed. Do you know that Abraham, from that point on, you saw purpose in every decision he was making? L listen, the Bible says when it was time for him to pick a wife for Isaac, he told his servant, he said, don't pick just any wife. Don't pick a wife from the Canaanite people. Go to my family and find a wife for him there, specifically this. In other words, you, you can see in the men and women of God through the Bible, as long, once God touched their heart, they had goals. They, they knew what God was saying. When Daniel was brought into captivity, in the middle of captivity, he's still saying, I can't defile my body with the king's meat. He's still saying, I still got to pray. I still got to apply all these things because I have a goal to honor God. It doesn't matter if I'm in slavery and captivity. It doesn't matter if I'm in Babylon. If I want God to bless me, there has to be a purpose and the purpose and the skills go together. You look throughout the Bible. 
A goal says, I have a direction of where I want to go. Do you have a goal for your money? Do you have a goal for your marriage? Do you have goals for your family? Do you have a goal for your ministry? Do you have a goal for your career? Do you have a goal for everything that you do? If you don't have a goal, then you don't know where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, you're going to take any car there. The book of Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste lead to poverty. The plans of the what? The diligent. This is, you want to know God's will? Here's God's will. The plans of the diligent lead to prosperity. So do you have a plan and are you diligent with it? Well, I, my plan is that God's going to bless my marriage. Well, how is he going to do that? Do you plan to fix when you get an attitude, how you stay mad for three days? No, they just got to deal with me because they hurt me. All right. You're going to be hurt a long time. Do you have a plan in place on, I don't like where I'm at right now. Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? Amen. Proverbs 24, 27. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Luke 14, 28. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? You don't start something without a plan and a goal. Most of us, that's how we live. We just start. What are you doing this for? I don't know. God will lead me. Okay. And then we bring him into it and God's like, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Suppose if you want to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Go to the next verse. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone sees it. who sees it will do what? Yeah. You don't want to be ridiculed. Hallelujah. And go on, put the next verse up. Look, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Don't start something if you're not able to finish it. Have the, have the finish in sight before you start. Come on, somebody. When you get married, have a, have a vision in sight. Before I married Sherry, and I was playing a song the other day, and I was listening to it when we got married, song I did at the wedding, the, one of the lines says, I want to grow old together. Get more kids together. God, did you answer that? Hallelujah. At the time, we only had seven. Hallelujah. I said, get more kids together and do ministry together. All Everything that we are now doing, I said 20 years ago. One of the things I said in the song is, there will be no divorce. Y'all hearing me? Here's another point, y'all. Here's another point. If you don't like where you are, check your goals. If you're not achieving your goals, check your steps. And if your steps, and if it's not your steps, check your discipline. Look, look, look at it, look at it. Check the goals. If you're not achieving your goals, check the, the, the steps that you got to achieve it. And if the steps are right, it might be your discipline amen somebody 
Look at this point. Goals without discipline make vision a fantasy. You're not diligent. You come home and every day you're tired. How, how are you ever going? At some point you got to be untired. Amen. Hebrews 12:11 For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. Discipline seems painful, doesn't it? So since I went to Japan, I done ate everything under the sun. And y'all know before I left to Japan, I was like health man. I was superhero health man. And I got to Japan, and they were bringing all types of ramen and all. And this, me and the kids, we were just, I was in the ramen shop like, like Naruto up in there for real. And I was eating whatever. And in my mind, I was like, this place make you walk a lot. So it's going to balance out. <laughs> but the problem was I was ruining my good habits. So even though I was walking off the pounds, I was developing the habit of lack of control. So I came back to America where we don't walk. Where we just sit in the car and we feel like it took me forever to get here. All you did was sit in the car. Come on. And we sit on a train and we sit and watch TV and we sit at home. Come on, how many of you sitting in the house and sometimes you say, I got to exercise. And you just pick up the bottle and you're like, I'm going to do this for like 30 times. It's got to burn at least one calorie. I'm the only one. You don't be in the car like, am I the only one? Am I the only one? Oh, you bugged with me. All right, good. My, see, that's why we marry. You be in the car like, man, I really need to exercise. So I came back to New York, and the habits are now there. Started eating, 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 went to the retreat last week, and they started saying, Pastor, you hungry? <laughs> Am I? They brought food after food, and I'm eating, eating, eating. Last night, I looked at an old clip of during the pandemic. I saw myself. Sister Sherry brought something for me to eat. I said, the devil is a lie. It's a shock from here. Send this food right back to the pit of hell from whence it came. I'm going to stop because, because, because you got to check your discipline. It feels painful. So now that the new habits have crept back up, what was easy to me is now painful again. Discipline becomes easy when you are disciplined. It's like kids who have no discipline in the hood. They wilding out and they join the army and then they come back. And you're like, what did they do to you? Dude is like, yes, sir. No, sir. And just you're like, I need to join. Because they discipline you and they break habits. They break habits. They break habits. If you want your marriage to work, you got to break habits. You want your dreams, you got to break habits. You want good health, you got to break habits. Anything you want in this life, you're going to have to break certain habits. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in Colossians 3.23, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. If you work as unto God, you would work differently. You would be more disciplined. 
Proverbs 6, 6. Look, I love this one. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Have you ever done that? The Bible, that's a command from God. To literally go to the ant and look at them. Have you ever taken time to watch ants? They are literally on the move, bro. The other day I saw one in, in, in the house. He got in the house and he was running through the carpet. And I'm like, oh, man, where we go? Like, he is in my house. Acting like he got more purpose in my house. Like, I'm in my house doing nothing and he's on some, what's up? Where you going? The Bible tells you about them. They said they, 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 they have no taskmaster. No one to tell them what to do. Yet with no one telling them what to do, they are storing up grains so that when time comes, they have. With no one telling them what to do, they are goal-driven. Hallelujah. It says, consider them and you'll become wise. It has no commander, no overseer, ruler, yet it stores up its provision in the summer and gathered its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little, <laughs> a little sleep, a little slumber, a little foldy folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. That's not only true for, for finances. That's true for everything that requires work. It will become broken if you're lazy. Hallelujah. Here's this point, y'all. Before you can make a second step, you have to take a first step. Learn how sometimes in life the things you want might seem overwhelming. Maybe your marriage today is detrimental. Maybe you are in a place where you like, I don't know how this can turn around. Maybe the things you want to attain that God has put in your heart seems so far away. Maybe the things that, you know, you're trying to accomplish might be so difficult in your mind right now to do there's a saying that says how do you eat an elephant and somebody said one bite at a time and what they simply mean is when something is so big that you don't know how you're going to achieve it break it down into smaller steps if i want to get from here to the door and the door is the goal there's no way i'm going to get there without taking first a step and so if there's something going on in your life don't ask yourself how I'm going to get to the door. Ask yourself what should be my first step. And if you don't know what your first step in life is, then you ought to educate yourself. That's your first step. Listen to this. When our plans are interrupted, his, God's plans, are not. Don't be afraid of failure in life. Failure to the believer is just finding out what didn't work. Come on, somebody. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 21.30. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. Psalms 33.10. It says, the Lord foils the plan of nations, the wicked, right? He thwarts the purposes of the wicked people. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. I want you to know that's why how you do matters so much. Because if you're doing it, everything you do in accordance with God's will on how he wants you to behave and conduct yourself, as long as you please God, God will keep his people. 
You can't fail. So, so when your plans and things you plan don't go according to how you plan, remind yourself that I might not fail at this point, but the God I serve can't fail. And all I got to do is tap back in and say what's going on, and he will reroute whatever's happening in your life. You can't lose as a believer. Some of us are so scared of failing that we never take risks. We never try to do anything. We never go beyond. We never, we never, we never venture out to try doing something greater than where we are come on y'all hearing me today come on come on come on y'all y'all hearing me today come on don't come to church to be distracted don't come to church you you will never go beyond if you just allow fear to dominate your life i could hear somebody saying but you don't understand the fears i have and the trauma i have i know the trauma you have they're great they're amazingly incredible but i know the god i serve is bigger and i'm not telling you to do it not without being scared i'm telling you do it scared do it oh come on hallelujah have you ever have you ever you know parents would understand this like sometimes you take your kid to a theme park or something and and, and they want to walk across maybe something dangerous and in their head they scared or you take your kids to the park and for the first time they want to walk on one of those rope things that they got and they scared while with fear in their heart and awareness that they can fall the parent says do it anyway walk i'll hold your hands that's how God wants you to go. Go while scared. Go while being aware of the dangers, but go. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You can't fail. God can't fail. There's something I always say. Work when inspired and rest when tired. It is very important for you to rest. And you're going to see all this in a minute. Hallelujah. So let's not get tired. Galatians 6, 9. Let's not get tired in doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Work when inspired, but when you get, when you get tired, you should rest, but don't quit. Don't quit. Do y'all remember, do y'all remember uh, uh, Elijah? Elijah was so gung-ho for the Lord. Elijah called uh, the prophets of Baal and said, I challenge y'all. Y'all set up all your peoples over there and I'm going to stand here and the God that answers by fire is the true and living God. What an awesome prophet of God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. This was the prophet I always wanted to be like. I always prayed and asked God, God, let me be like Elijah. I, want, I used to literally pray this. I said, I want to walk up to Hot 97, put my hand on the building and say in the name of Jesus, shut this whole thing down because hip hop, everybody's celebrating 50 years of hip hop. But they ain't celebrate. They ain't talking about what 50 years of what you celebrating. So a lot of people texting me, yo, you want to do this for 50 years? I don't want to do nothing for hip-hop. 50 years, uh, let's do 2,000 years for Jesus. Yeah. Concerned about no hip-hop. People worship that genre too much. And that genre then poison, then cause people. Listen, I learned pornography from Snoop Dogg. I wanted to be a killer from Mob Deep. Now it's made me feel like I could rule the I know y'all big mad, but what is 50 years of what? Oh, it is co-created jobs. At the expense of what? Ends don't justify the means. I don't know how I got there. 
I used to literally pray like Elijah. I want to pray and shut this down. This is poison, Lord. They need the gospel. And so Elijah was that type of guy. He would say, bring the prophets and let's let's go at it. And he brought the challenge together. He set up the, 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 the sacrifice. He put water around it, wood around it, all types of stuff. He said, which God answers is the God. He said, I'll let y'all go first. He said, y'all, a lot of y'all. And the prophets of Baal started calling Baal, Baal, oh, mighty Baal, and all sorts of however they were praying. And, and Baal just wasn't answering. And Elijah was on some trolling stuff. He said, yo, may, may, maybe he went to lunch. Maybe, maybe Baal on lunch break. Y'all keep trying. And they would try. They would call and call. And he would come back. He said, you know what it is? He probably on the bathroom. He literally said that. Elijah told him he's, he's, he's currently in the restroom using the toilet right now. As soon as he get out, he's going to answer. And, he, and then he got mad and he said, enough. And within 63 words in a prayer, he just begun to pray and God answered by fire burnt the sacrifice burnt the wood burnt the water burnt every there was nothing God completely burnt it and then Elijah said I ain't playing with y'all kill every one of their prophet see I got yeah, when you read the Bible y'all too soft hallelujah y'all just Christians are too soft believers are too scared this ain't a scared religion you understand? He killed all of them. And then after doing all of that, one little lady said, tell Elijah that what he did to my prophets, by time, to, if I find that boy, I'm going to do the same thing. Now, Elijah knows she can't touch him. A lot of people preached that and said, look, Jezebel scared him. Jezebel ain't scared no Elijah. Elijah didn't run away. Oh my gosh, Jezebel killed me. Jezebel, he was frustrated because he said, Lord, I'm the only one out here doing this for you. I'm doing this and still you allowing this lady to threaten me? Don't let me kill her. Let me kill her. Y'all follow the story? And he was so burnt out and when it was time when he, when he was, the Bible says that we often said that he went into a depression because he started saying, I want to die. He just said, I don't, I don't like life no more. This same man, the same man that just burnt up all of that sacrifice got to a place where he said, I want to die and I don't want to. Now, he didn't really want to die because all he had to do was stay put. And Jezebel would have did it. She would have killed him. He just didn't want, he didn't want to die. He was burnt out. And when you burnt out, you say all kinds of crazy stuff. And if you notice what God did, God made him sleep. God fed him with the ravens and God brought him into the, the cave and he rested. And, and God, God allowed him to get some rest, rejuvenate, eat, fix your physical. And then get back up. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so, so, so when you, when you tired, just take a break. You don't got to quit, but take a break and get your mind right. Cause you're no good to nobody. If you ain't right. Come on. If you doing, if you're doing a lot and you know, you yell, like sometimes I'm at home, I'm yelling at everybody. I come in the house. I'm mad. And somebody asks me a question. And I'm mad. I'm mad. Shy asks me. I'm mad and mad. Just mad, mad, mad. And, and shy is the one who usually get me and him and Silas because they'll come like everybody else. They'll be like, oh, he got an attitude. And they'll go in their corner. But shy will be like, Dad, you're mad. 
I'm like, that affected me. I did something to my spirit. And then I check myself and I'd be like, bro, what are you mad at? Why? What is it? This? He's just tired, man. And everybody gets, how many of you are tired right now? If you under 20 and you raise your hand, the devil is a liar. You ain't got no kids and you raise your hand, the devil is a liar twice. Hallelujah. You got a good job and you got more than 10,000 in your bank. You tired, the devil is a You ain't allowed to be tired. No, I'm joking. I'm not though. You do get tired in life. You do get tired. Work when inspired, rest when tired. Y'all just be suggesting while church is going on. <laughs> hey, Pastor, here's what we should do, all right? I got a goal. <laughs> here's this one, y'all. I'm almost done. Don't let good goals interrupt God goals. Don't get distracted. You said sugar. I'm just. <laughs> I think that was the strangest comment I ever heard while preaching. Hallelujah. Wow. Don't let good goals interrupt God goals. Now, some of you get it. Some of you, let me help you what I mean. If my goal, when I get married, and this is my first ministry with my wife, and there are things that maybe a friend is asking me to do a favor, and there's nothing wrong with doing that favor. It might be a good thing to do. But that good thing, if I know I'm having problems and I should not leave home, can affect the God thing. So you, you, I'll give you an example with me. So you got all these songs and you got all these sermons and all these books half written and you know you need time and somebody's going to call you and ask you to come preach. It's a good thing, but it's going to stop all these God things that God has given you to do. So sometimes just because something is good doesn't mean it's God. Now many times people go, oh, Pastor, what do you mean you want to stay in church city and preach every Sunday? Because this is a God thing. When a lot of people invite me out, those are good things. But I know where I'm called. And so some of you, 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 you're doing so many good things and you wonder know why other areas aren't growing because you aren't doing the God thing. Do you follow that? Do you follow that, right? Look, look at what Mark 4.19 says. Um, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth and the desires of other things so there's no fruit is produced, Right? So, 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 if you start doing so many things, remember that the more you do, it has the potential to pull out the passion for life out of you. I call it, you know, it's like this. I would say it like this. You're moving a lot and you're losing a lot 
but you're still in the same spot. That's a treadmill. You're moving a lot, you're losing a lot, but you're in the same spot. Now, it's good to lose weight, and that's what the purpose of a treadmill is, but in real life, you don't want your life to be having the treadmill effect. You're moving a lot, and you're losing a lot, and your life ain't gone nowhere. Having a busy schedule don't mean that you're accomplishing anything. How many artists in Christianity? You got to check my schedule, man. Lord has me everywhere. And when you're done, what happened? Still frustrated. My marriage is broken. I ain't got no money. I got nothing to leave for my kids. I got, now I'm, and now I lost years doing it. Good things don't mean they're God things. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. Y'all getting something? Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Y'all remember the two prophets in the Bible? One prophet, God told him, don't listen to nobody. Keep walking straight. If there you listen to anybody else, you're going to die. He kept walking. He met another prophet and said, I'm a prophet of God too. Me and God, cool. Hey, man, listen, man, I know God. God ain't, I know he told you that, but what you ought to do is this. And it sounded like a good idea. And guess what happened? He died. And the prophet wasn't. He was, he, he was telling, he, hey, I know God, but he wasn't supposed to, God told you something. That's right. That's right. You know, it's like people often want to tell you what God, like, it's like the lady in church who she come out after church and a man come and rub her hand and say, hey, says, how you doing? You know, God told me you're going to be my wife. He ain't tell me. If I'm your wife, he going to tell me. How he told, how God tell you and I'm the wife. You know, people always tell me what God tell them about this church. And I'll be like, um, I'm the pastor. I think he would have told me first. Pastor, I'm telling you, I heard God. All right. Um, a lot of people hear a lot of things. Your most important goal, and I'm going to close with this one. Your most important goal should be to please and honor God's word. Amen. Mark 8.36. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Imagine you can gain the world and lose your soul. This, this means this man was a productive, busy man in the world. This is the type of man we would say you want to aspire to be. Because he's gaining everything you and I were told you, you ought to aspire to. But in the process, he's losing his own soul. Because he never had God goals. I'm going to put that on a shirt. God goals. Y'all better buy these shirts, man. Y'all making, got me putting all these shirts out. Amen. Philippians 3.14. Paul says, but this one thing I do. Forgetting everything which is past. 
I press on towards the goal. Right? Put it to 13 first, Philippians 3.13. Let's read it. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. How does Paul say I haven't taken hold of it? It's like Paul. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. His eyes was on the prize. I'm going to close with, I'm getting ready to show you a video that I shot years ago and I showed it to the church years ago, but I thought today I'll show you again. But before I show that video, the last thing I want to tell you is as you live your life and you make decisions on the choices you want to do with your life and don't be scared you're not scared if it's wrong God will reroute you but do whatever you do as unto God rightly with a pure intention if that is not the path God will reroute you and he'll show you be diligent work hard amen as you do those things and you Bring your plans before the Lord and you have your trusted people that counsel you. Because how many of you know that you should have people in your life that you trust that will tell you the truth? And people who tell you the truth you often don't like. I was talking to a young man from the church the other day. I said to him, man, how come y'all don't come to me with these issues? He said, I'm going to be honest with you, pastor. It's because you're going to tell us the truth. I laughed so hard. I said, and what's the problem? He said, you got to understand, Pastor, sometimes you don't want to hear the truth. I laughed so hard when a young man told me. I said, how come you go through this and you don't tell me? He said, because I know what you're going to say. You got to keep people around you that's going to tell you the truth. And when God gives you things to do and you, he said it for you. Do what God says. And be careful of society. Society has a way of coming in telling you this should be the goal. Friends have a way of coming and telling you this should be the goal. Or you go on social media and you get influenced by influencers who tell you this should be the goal. Now all of a sudden, everybody else goals become yours and now you're living with people's thoughts in your mind instead of I just want to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish there's another point I left off ask yourself this question not what will I achieve if I attain my goal but what will I become if I attain the goal See, Paul is not just looking for what he will achieve, but he's looking for what he will become that I may know him. If I get this goal, I'm going to know him in his power. You see, when you, when, you, when you chase God things, it's not so much what you attain. That's part of it. It's also what you become. And so it's very important that you keep God goals 
the main thing and not let the world goals creep in. And I'm, I, I got a story for you. I promise you I'm almost done. So a couple years ago, we went to the pool. We, 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 we had a resort and, you know, my kids in the pool and city kids, you know, sometimes they just don't know how to swim. We ain't grew up in the creek and all that stuff. And, you know, we just... So when a city kid get to the water, his big deal is how long he could stay underwater. If you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. You go to the pool with them, the first thing you do is, Dad, check this out. And they go underwater. And they, Dad, can you count? So I was there with Shy and Silas. And Shy wants to keep going under the water and he having me count. So, you know, I'm being a good father said, all right. I said, all right. So he goes, and he goes, Dad, check this out. One, two. Dad, how many? He thinking in his head he didn't stayed under. I said, yo, man, you, you gave a strong two seconds. So he said, all right. And then he goes under again. One, two, three. How many, Dad? I said, you know, you, you moved up. You're doing all right. So I said, son, listen, let's work this out. What, what number you think? And we start talking about it. I said, I think. I think you should try maybe 10, 15 seconds. Don't go beyond it. Try to, you know, you can stay on the 15 seconds, you're good. Don't try to, you know, because we're not going to stay here all day and have daddy count. So I gave him a goal. The goal is 15 seconds. So Shai's under there. One, two, three, four, five. How many, dad? Five seconds. He goes under again. Mike reached six. How many, dad? Here come this kid, swimming around shy, looking like a shark. So I'm seeing this other little kid swimming around, he listening. And I'm watching him, he goes, what y'all doing? Shy said, we're trying to see who could stay under the water long. I said, little boy, I want to challenge you. So I said, oh. So they go under, and Shai been practicing now, so Shai's up to a strong 10 seconds. So Shai's hitting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The kid already up at four. So Shai comes up later, and the kid is like, Shai's winning. Nobody like to lose. So the kid is, so Shai goes under, and Shai beat him again. Shai beat him again. Shai beat him again. So as a father, I'm in the corner like, yeah. <laughs> So because the kid couldn't beat him, the kid said, I bet you can't stay under the water a hundred seconds. And Shai said, and I said, I said, hold on, Shai. That was not God. Go that wasn't dad goals. That was somebody from the outside who didn't like what you were doing with your life who came and gave you a goal that daddy never gave you. It sounds good. It sounds like you'll become something great. You'll even impress him. You'll make everybody in this area. But the possibility is that that's a minute, 40 seconds, brother, of not breathing. And you're a child. 
and you could die from setting a goal that I never gave you just to impress this kid do not let anybody else goals become yours move at your own pace celebrate your wins if this if your goal everybody marriage is beautiful they taking pictures they on vacation they flaunting their hair your goal might be yo we trying to not fight till Wednesday and if you make it to Wednesday and you ain't fight you go flaunt your hair on you write in the caption we made it to Wednesday celebrate your small wins small wins become huge success I shot this video years ago when I first started thinking about how I'm going to lose weight and I just want to, you to see something that when you literally have your eyes on the prize and set goals in your life what happens at the end and at the end I'll come back and we'll close and we're going to go home you got that video for me Selena amen let's play that what up world this is your brother and friend pastor rich and right now i am about to get my exercise on you know what i'm saying i gotta be honest with you i'm gonna tell you straight up i'm not somebody who uh likes to exercise this way but every now and then i come outside and i'm um, trying to make this a, a life change to do more walking more running so i come to this place called the nautical mile here on long island and i walk it i don't know if you can see but the end of this thing is pretty far and i want to talk to you today about setting goals because my goal is to walk till I reach the end of that. I can't even really see the end. As we go, I'm gonna show you how setting goals can cause you to reach an end that sometimes you may not be able to see. It looks so far away that I begin to get discouraged. One of the things that I do is I start to think, I should just stop and go home because I can never reach the end. So what I do is I set small goals. So for example, there's a restaurant here called Atomic Wings. So what I'll do is I'll look at that little restaurant right there called Atomic Wings and I'll set a small goal of running to Atomic Wings. Now when I reach Atomic Wings, I then set another goal. I look over maybe at and I'll see something else. I'll see that big truck parked up in the middle of the street, the end of the block there and I'll say, Rich, let's set a goal to run to the, to the truck. And before long, something amazing happens. So I want you all to come running with me today and see how setting small goals instead of trying to reach an end that you can't see actually gets you to the place where you truly want to go all right y'all ready to run let's run Sometimes there's a lot of distractions on the way. But if you're going, you, you got to run from temptation. Just run, run. Sometimes you get a little encouragement 
to keep going. Some signs appear and tell you that you're much closer than you think. Let's keep running. One of the things that happens when you're trying to build in life, you get tired like I just did, because I'm not used to this. And sometimes when you're doing something new in life that you're not used to, you will get tired. Now, I, I got two options in my tiredness. I can say this gold stuff, you know, it's not getting me where I want to go, quit my goals. I'm tired and quit. But what you can't do is quit. What you cannot do is quit. So instead of quitting, what I did was stop running. And I slowed my pace down and start walking. Sometimes when it gets overwhelming, you just need to slow down. But it doesn't mean quit. Because if you notice, even in slowing down, I'm still moving. I'm still moving. And that's the goal, right? To keep moving the whole time. Eventually we get there, but I think we're ready to run again. tired I ain't gonna lie to you Whew. and I feel like quitting and I can I feel like quitting but it's funny because at the moment when I feel like quitting if you look down there I can start to see the end of this run that's the goal where that tall flag pole is at the end is where I'm trying to get to and I can see my goal but I feel like quitting but here's what I wanted to show you. Something that a lot of us don't think about. I'm close to the end, but I still got a little bit of distance to go. And I feel so tired, and I feel like giving up. And I stopped. But something amazing occurred to me as I stopped. I'm not where I wanna be as yet. I still got a little bit of distance to go. But when I look back, it encourages me to keep going. Here's why. Because I'm not where I wanna be, but when I look back at where I started from, I am much further from where I started than where I'm headed. And if I quit now and I go back, it's more work to go back than it is to press forward. So guess what I'm gonna do? I ain't going back all the way there. As a matter of fact, I started so long ago and so far away that I can't even see how far I came from. But I can sure see how close I gotta go to the end. And even though I feel like quitting, I'm too close to quit. I set too many goals 
Just a couple more goals and I'll be exactly, I'll be exactly where I want to be. Just a couple more goals. bow your heads and close your eyes. God, you love everybody in this room. Mm 